my friends in this video which i'm doing live on twitch and putting on my podcast we will be talking about the book dark fleet this is a summary of the book and a review of the book dark fleet i'm going to assume if you're here you are probably into the world of hidden knowledge and conspiracies already and if you're not i will say that it is a world that is fun that expands your mind and I put just as much much faith into conspiracies and hidden knowledge books like this as I do into whatever the official and authoritative regimes tell us. If you've had a lot of questions about World War II and how the Nazis were able to rise to power and things that just don't make sense today, this book provides an awesome possibility for how a lot of things that don't make sense with our official explanations. This is goes well in line with the book I read and reviewed before, Series Colony Cavalier. And out of all the hidden conspiracy, hidden knowledge and conspiracy books and documentaries I've read, this one is well above average. So I definitely recommend you read this one. So the basic, to summarize this in one sentence, we just literally read this. Dark Fleet is about the secret Nazi space program in the battle for the solar system. Now let's elaborate that into a paragraph. Basically, this book says, as a lot of others I've read have, that the Nazis were able to rise to power because of their contact with reptilian extraterrestrials who consider this planet their home and their base and consider that it's theirs to rule and we are their subjects. The Nazis were able to rise to power because they received a ton of help and guidance from these reptilian beings who are in many ways vastly superior to a 3D human. They helped set the Nazis up and get them in position to uh, ha have a chance to win a world war. And in the process, one of the things they helped them to do was to have anti-gravity spacecraft and to establish a base in Antarctica. So the Nazis before the war even started and a lot of a lot of the things in this book have some kind of documentation behind them. But you know, you can you can have your own opinion on that. Documentation also does not mean something actually happened either. As we can see, lots of things in our society have been given to us through documentation and through news programs that are obviously fraudulent, false completely or contain a tiny bit of the truth and a manipulated narrative. So I I love the that this book matches with a lot of other things I've seen and then fills in a lot of the gaps in a way that feels authentic to me. So it's basically the Nazis were brought to power intentionally by these reptilian aliens for the purpose of taking over and controlling humanity. That's why these reptilian aliens their weakness is that there's not that many of them here compared to how many humans are here and that they exist in the fourth dimension, which is a dimension above ours. And therefore, they need us to work on each other. Now, they can directly interface and they can even be present in third dimension. However, they prefer to work through the elite members of humanity and the Nazis were one vehicle for them to control the earth. So they brought the Germany into power in the 1900s and encouraged them to go into World War I 
and then set them up for World War II. Except for World War II, the Germans, before the war started, established a base in Antarctica using these anti-gravity craft, using their alliance with these reptilians, extraterrestrials, and using their submarines to bring material and personnel down to establish a base in Antarctica. This was later attacked in 1946 by the USA, led by Admiral Byrd, as I've seen in a bunch of programs, documented that the U.S. sent a fleet in 1946, an armada of warships, down to take this Nazi base out in Antarctica, and uh, the U.S. fleet was defeated after having uh, battleships cut in half by laser weapons from these extraterrestrial vehicles that the Nazis were now using. And that, therefore, the Nazis were, you could even see from the beginning, they weren't going to directly, the odds of them winning World War II weren't going to be high. Therefore, they set up this base in Antarctica to make sure that no matter what happened with the rest of the World War, they would have an untouchable base that nobody could get to. In the process of setting that base up and getting a hold of this advanced technology, they also were the first to go to the moon in recent history and the first to send a craft over to Mars as well. So the Nazis established a secret base on the moon with the permission and assistance of the reptilians and then did the same on Mars. And this, they all, they started this during World War II. And they funneled uh, personnel from Germany over to support this mission consistently, even at the expense of the rest of the war. What happens next, after the U.S. and Russia and Britain, France, everybody else who got involved, move in to kill off the Nazis and finish off Germany and Japan at the end of World War II. The Nazis and the, their reptilian masters were one step ahead in seeing that the nation of Germany was going to be defeated on the main battlefield, that the next step in the plan would be, and the USA would be the strongest army in the world, the next step was to infiltrate the United States of America and to get the Nazis from Antarctica and that were viable still from Germany to get the United States and Russia where possible, but this book focuses on the United States, to get the United States infiltrated with Nazis at the highest levels of the military-industrial complex. So government, military, things like NASA, and corporations. To get these Nazis in key positions in the United States and then to use the Dark Fleet, as the group of Nazi spaceships was known as, to use that Dark Fleet to make the U.S. submit and negotiate with the remaining Germans in Antarctica and now on the Moon and Mars. The plan then is to take over the United States discreetly so that the average person has no idea this happens but to make the very top officials like the president, the heads of army and industry in the USA to make them aware that Germany has won 
the war and the United States is secretly cooperating with this German force in Antarctica. So the way this book describes it, in 1946, the U.S. Navy goes home having been defeated in Antarctica and realizing that the, the Nazis have vastly superior technology to them and that it's basically hopeless in the short term. They, they can't touch this base in Antarctica. Because it's so far down, even nuclear weapons are not a feasible option because you're not going to be able to get a plane close enough to drop a nuclear bomb without it being shot down. You're not going to be able to get ships close enough to attack this base either. And therefore, the USA returns home in that 1946, having been beaten in Antarctica. And then, the as the Nazis continue to grow this base in Antarctica, they then fly these craft, which were described by regular citizens as UFOs, but really these are being operated by flesh and blood Germans in Antarctica. They fly these craft over the White House, as I've seen a, a bunch of History Channel documentaries and shows talking about the huge amount of UFO sightings in the United States over the White House in the 50s. So the Nazis make a bunch of flyovers over the White House in the 50s with these UFOs, force the U.S. government to, by repeatedly flying over and showing, hey, you don't have control of your own airspace, and the government then agrees to talk with the dark fleet and work out a compromise because they the american government does not want the people to know that they have been unable to defeat the nazis in antarctica this is a shameful secret they want to keep quiet and therefore they agree to negotiate a deal between uh, the dark fleet and the united states and this gets the foot in the door this is where the infiltration really hits the next level and from here you've got the american industrial complex now actively serving and giving material and personnel over to the dark fleet and then the dark fleet agreeing to cooperate with the american government and not keep flying over and causing people to see ufos and creating panic the dark fleet then stays on the surface, agrees to stay out of American affairs and leave the U.S. alone in exchange for the material and personnel and in exchange for being able to basically do whatever they want to as long as it's discreet and doesn't cause problems. And from here, you've got... Then the American industrial military-industrial complex kind of fragments because there's some people, very few, who know about this and are actively involved in it, and then are cooperating, and some others find out, and are disgusted with this, and are trying to sabotage it, and then get the American space fleet, and get this technology under American control. So there, there becomes a split in the secret parts of the U.S. government, and military industry companies, etc. There becomes a split where... There's a part of the USA working directly in cooperation with the Dark Fleet. And then there's another part that is aware of this and is trying very hard to fight it discreetly. So this is where eventually you get a program called Solar Warden from the US Navy 
where the U.S. has its own, our own group of advanced anti-gravity ships and uh, off-planet non-terrestrial officers that hacker Gary McKinnon found a list of these USSS, United States space ships that are off-planet. So uh, as while the Nazis were the first to actually win the space race and to get their own fleet and to cooperate with these extraterrestrials, now the USA has its own fleet of people that are swearing to uphold the Constitution and that are unfortunately not able to directly fight the Dark Fleet in many instances, but are able to put up a presence at least to say that, look, we can stand up for ourselves a little bit here. The Dark Fleet, let's talk a little bit more about the reptilians. So if you're like, who are these reptilians and how did they end up here? The reptilians, according to Dark Fleet, Leon, thank you for the follow. How'd you find us today? So the reptilians, we need to go back much farther in history to talk about the reptilians. So according to Alien World Order, which is Len's previous book that I will review shortly. I'm almost done with it. According to Alien World Order, a book that he cites a lot in this one, great promotion for his book, worked very effectively. I bought it. In Alien World Order, Len says that the reptilians have basically been around for a lot, a long time. They were one of the first intelligent forms of life in this galaxy. And they fought many, many wars by themselves. Basically, a reptilian is a humanoid type being, but is a reptile instead of a human. So they, the picture on here kind of gives a bit of an idea. And that these are fourth dimensional beings, which he says that humans are sixth dimensional, but we're, we've kind of dropped down to focus and play around in the third dimension right now. So these beings are fourth dimensional and they also drop down and play in the third dimension. He says that the reptilians fought a ton of wars. What's up, Savaris? How did you find us here on Twitch? He says that the reptilians fought a ton of wars on their planet millions and millions of years ago. And eventually came one powerful faction, the Draco reptilians formed, uh, they got control and power of their planet. And they created and invented their own space technology. And they went out across the Milky Way looking for other planets and to expand their empire. And uh, at one point, they encountered Lumeria. And Lumeria was a peaceful race of advanced humans, very spiritually advanced, so spiritually advanced they weren't paying much attention to things like spaceships or weapons because they were very spiritually advanced. So they came across, oh, found me from Superman, nice. So they came across this, the, the first human contact with the reptilians was on a planet called a planetary group of systems, which you could refer to as Lumeria. So the reptilians wiped out millions and millions of peaceful humans on these planets, at which point humans spread throughout the galaxy to try and find their own places to be free from reptilian persecution. And eventually, 
the reptilian, the humans settled in this solar system a long time ago on a planet called Maldek. What's up, Smoke Saya? Nice to see you today. On a planet called Maldek, which was much bigger than Earth, it was located about where Mars or so is in the orbit today, between Mars and Jupiter, where the asteroid belt is in our solar system. So millions of years ago, we uh, humans, so we is a little misleading in here. These, to skip forward a little bit, these bodies are reptilian hybrids. Homo sapiens are actually half human, half reptilian hybrids that were created, as described in the Bible, as a compromise that was to come. So when I say we, I'm saying more original humans, not like Lemurian humans, not as much these half reptilian brain and genetic and then human DNA. But let's let's go back. So after the reptilians encountered and killed many humans on Lumeria, humans ended up settling into this solar system among many others on a planet called Maldek and on Mars. At this point, Earth was actually where Venus is in orbit. And Earth was a water world and very warm and no like humanoid life here or anything. And the uh, reptilians found that humans were in this solar system and decided they wanted to take this solar system for themselves. And they brought an entire planet with a moon into this solar system. They destroyed Maldek ripped most of the atmosphere, but not all, most of the atmosphere off of Mars, as well as knocking Uranus, flip knocking Uranus on its side. So they used a giant ice ball comet planet that is Venus. They brought it into the solar system, destroyed Maldek, which is now an asteroid belt, which is where the humans in the solar system were based, and made the humans on Mars go underground. And uh, they put Venus in orbit where it's at today. They pushed, they dragged Earth into, they dragged Earth into where it is now, terraformed Earth, and used the moon as a base to then settle Earth. So the reptilians are, they look at Earth as this is their planet. This is their planet in this solar system. So they settled Earth and brought the dinosaurs to Earth for food so that they like you if humans went to settle somewhere, we'd probably bring like cows and pigs for food. These reptilian beings brought dinosaurs for food. So as they brought dinosaurs for food, they settled down on this planet. Well, as they got settled down on this planet, some of the human survivors both out of the solar system and in the solar system started settling this new planet too as it got it got to be a perfect place to live once the reptilians terraformed it and got it into position. Humans started settling here too and new wars broke out between the humans and the reptilians. The humans killed off all the dinosaurs on this planet using advanced weaponry and sank the reptilians' main continent that they lived in which is over in Asia now essentially. So they sank the reptilians continent 
killed off the dinosaurs and forced the reptilians to go underground. Then, how big is Uranus? Good question, Ken Mel. <laughs> there was a time before the moon that is clearly documented. Yes, so this this book and others I've asserted is that the has said that the moon was brought to Earth. The moon is not a natural satellite of Earth, but it was brought to Earth, and it is hollow. And there's much more documentation for things like that. Now, the exact explanations and histories, obviously, there leave some, you know, this is this is some guesswork. This is some research. Some of it may be correct. Some of it may not be. And what's tricky is figuring out exactly what is totally accurate and what is not. But I, I think this is a great story, whatever percentage is true. So the, the humans and the reptilians go to war on Earth. And there was an ancient civilization called Atlantis full of very advanced humans with advanced technology. And they, along with some other humans, annihilated the surface population of reptilians and their dinosaurs, and the reptilians went underground and prepared to regroup. Then, similar to Battlestar Galactica, the reptilians planned their next attack to take this planet back by infiltrating the Atlanteans, as in Battlestar Galactica, the, the Cylons infiltrated the humans. Turbo Sniper, thank you for the raid. How did you find me today? So the reptilians infiltrate the Atlanteans, start to mess with their society, and eventually end up sinking the continent of Atlantis, which may be Antarctica, and using a weapon that caused a pole shift in Earth, which drastically had a lot of chaotic consequences, volcanic eruptions, nuclear winter, so there was a, a huge battle tens of thousands of years ago between the reptilians and the humans on this planet, which resulted in high casualties on both sides, both sides losing continents under the water, and both sides losing a lot of personnel and uh, leaving this planet in a state of chaos. Nice. Turbo Sniper came over from Facebook. Thank you for chatting and for the raid. So... At this point, the reptilians and the humans, after all this fighting, both sides decided that you know, the, everybody's losing right now. The planet's getting destroyed. You know, the, Both sides lost so much. They uh, sat down to negotiate an agreement to make this a peaceful planet. And the reptilians asked that, or the, the agreement involved making a new hybrid human that would contain a reptilian brain and reptilian DNA, along with DNA from the rest of the human colonies. So a, a bunch of the Lemurian colonies that had spread out contributed their DNA, the reptilians contributed their DNA, and a new race of Homo sapiens, which is us today, were created as a compromise and were given the ability to populate and be the controlling race on this planet. So both sides agree to this. But reptilians look at agreements the way Hitler did. That you make an agreement and you're intending on breaking it as soon as you've accepted it. The only goal is to try and advance your own agenda. And anything you agree to is simply to appease the other side and get yourself in a better position. So the reptilians made this agreement to have these bodies created, which are a human-reptilian hybrid, 
with reptilian brain and then with a lot of human DNA, the reptilians agreed to have these created. And when you have stories like the Bible, Genesis, that is talking about the reptilians and the humans creating Adam and Eve as a race of hybrids to inhabit this planet. It was not some mysterious, the mysterious God figure is advanced extraterrestrials. As if you've watched Ancient Aliens, that is made very clear that in almost all the religious texts, the God is be that is being discussed is an advanced technological flesh and blood extraterrestrial, either human or non-human. So these bodies were made to take over and rule this planet and to go forth and reproduce and be the main race. So the reptilian plan with these new bodies was that they believed since they are very technologically advanced, especially with things like genetics, they believe that making this race of human-reptilian hybrids, they could easily control these half-reptilian beings through their mind control programs and through direct intervention, through things like power structures, things like religions. They could easily control these bodies and turn this planet into their little slave race planet. So they foresaw that these bodies would be their slaves, that they would help these bodies reproduce all over the planet, and then they would control what these bodies did, that they would manufacture things like weapons, spaceships, armaments. They would These bodies would mine for them and give them materials, that these bodies would be like dogs or cattle or sheep for them, that these bodies would be reptilian slaves. Now, the humans from the Galactic Federation, similar to what you see as Star Wars in Star War or Star Trek, the Federation, the Human Federation thought that these bodies, that they could essentially encourage and inspire these human reptilian hybrids to go more towards a human nature, to be loving and kind and compassionate and considerate of others. And they foresaw the possibility that this planet could be a human stronghold where there would be many humans, yes, with some reptilian DNA, but that the humans would ultimately be loyal to the humans of Lemuria, which would look more similar to them than to the reptilians and that have the possibility to be more like the humans of Lemuria, kind, spiritually advanced, loving, telepathically connected, etc. So the humans hope that this planet would be a human stronghold. The reptilians hope that this planet would be a reptilian stronghold using human slaves. So the, the, the Dark Fleet and the things like the Nazis, things like the Holy Roman Empire, things like Christianity, things like you know Japan's rise to power, and many of the horrible things that happened on this planet are all credited to the same source, that the reptilians have no care or concern for human beings, look at us purely as slaves, as dogs, for them to use and abuse however they feel like, and that they use advanced mind control programs to perpetrate all kinds of crimes across the whole planet, things as big as like world wars and genocide, all the way down to one human being hurting another human being or taking their own life, or etc. So 
Today, we are in a war for Earth, essentially. And each person's individual decision makes a difference. Are you going to bow down and serve whatever power is in authority right now? Or are you going to make your own decision? And this book points to that the Illuminati, that the and these secret societies on Earth, have been consciously and intentionally serving in positions of authority and power. They've been consciously and intentionally serving the reptilians all throughout human history. For example, the church, it was totally a reptilian plan to rule the world. And these reptilians are very advanced, very smart. They can even look through timelines and see possibilities when the humans successfully got to take down, have the Enlightenment Age. So for thousand, for like a thousand years on this planet, there was a dark age of horrible, horrible brutality by Christians, by the Roman Catholic Church in Europe. There was like a thousand years or so called the Dark Ages of just basically you do exactly what you're told you believe what you believe and we will kill you if you don't. Things like the Inquisition and if you you tried to be a little bit human and question who is God and question that things like the patriarchy have been given and provided and forced on us by reptilians who the reptilians that are here, according to this book, are very patriarchal male dominated but on their home planet, it actually has become maternally dominated. And this is kind of a breakaway group from the main reptilian group, which is why this planet has not been more carefully and completely subjugated by the reptilians because it's on kind of the fringes of the galaxy. It's not near the core Draco reptilian empire. So this book points today to the things like our advanced technology that have been given to us have been given by reptilians in many cases in exchange for letting them have control. So they feed this advanced technology to secret entities and groups within the government and within our companies. And then they put these things out and use them to control us. Things like television were given to us for, so the reptilians could use mind control on the entire population. Things like cell phones, given to us so the reptilians can track exactly what humans are doing on this planet. And uh, going forward, they appear to have plans to get implants physically in the body, and these will allow an unprecedented level of control over each person. This book talks about on Mars, where the dominant force on the planet is the Dark Fleet, that they have all kinds of great stories in this book about advanced super soldiers, portals, and I won't spoil all that for you. If you, if this book goes in way more, of course, than I'm going to go into in 30 minutes about it. But there's so many great stories. One of the more memorable stories in this book was they talk about the technology that the Dark Fleet has been able to get is hundreds, if not thousands, of years ahead of where our mainstream scientists are operating today. They have things like cloning technology already in practice given by the reptilians. They have things like time travel, portals, 
travel to other galaxies faster than light ships, a knowledge of how the soul works, taking souls out of one body, putting them into another and another and another. Then as each clone body dies, the soul goes back to the last body it was in. I mean, it's the one of the coolest stories I remember was they testing super soldiers where they have like a human looking body that's like a cyborg super soldier. It jumps out of a plane with no parachute, lands on the ground, is unconscious for about an hour, and then just gets up and walks off. This, this book is saying that there's all kinds of advanced technology that is around us in our world today. And anything that threatens the Dark Fleet agenda, that threatens the reptilians, is generally kept secret. Now, the Federation is making efforts wherever it can to enlighten humanity and to get disclosure happening. But the Federation is concerned these reptilians feed off of fear. They feed off of people being scared and angry. And basically, anything you would attribute to the reptilian brain, they feed off of that. They love it. So the Federation of Human Planets is having to be careful with this planet because if if they just show up with, if the humans, kind of the real humans, not the hybrids like these, but if the Lemurian humans just show up here with all their spaceships, they, they can't afford to do that until the population is likely to respond with love and joy and excitement. Because if the population responds with fear and with anger and with hatred and confusion, the reptilians will manipulate that and control the narrative and perhaps even convince the humans on this planet to go to war. From the other things I've read, that's their last, what you might call, trump card. That if the humans just kind of reveal themselves very openly, the Dark Fleet and the reptilians through their control of agencies like the CIA and... Uh, perhaps the FBI and other agencies in the USA, they, uh, which control the mainstream media outlets as well. If you have these peaceful humans from Lemuria showing themselves, I mean, not always peaceful because they went to war with the reptilians, but if they reveal themselves openly, the, uh, the plan is to make a narrative of a fake alien invasion. And to make, and you can already see this happening in the legacy media, which I call things like CNN, Fox News, legacy media. These are these are straight up mind control organizations. It doesn't matter, you know. CNN and Fox News just give different slants on the same basic mind control agendas. Make no mistake that both political parties are firmly controlled and influenced by these advanced beings. And if we, the only hope is for each of us to individually look into our nature and make changes in ourselves as I have. Because if you don't know who you're serving, you're probably serving them. Because they, they are behind a lot of human power structures. They love authoritarian governments like China. Anywhere they can influence one person and anywhere one person has massive power, they are able to just walk right in and have total control. So it's our democracy in the United States, even though it's a fraud to a lot of degrees, 
it's very important we don't allow people to have big amounts of power. No one person in an ideal human civilization, we live in brotherhood, we live in equality and sisterhood. We live in equality, humility, where each human being is just as important and just as powerful as the next. So what we want is a whole, a bunch of human leaders. And we don't want any human power. You know, we don't want any authoritarian humans on this planet. We want balance of power. We want things like Joe Biden trying to make everybody get a shot. And then the Supreme Court strikes that down. That's fantastic. What the Dark Fleet, what the, the Reptilians did in Germany is they, Germany had a democratic system. And the Reptilians worked with the power-hungry Illuminati Germans to sweep away the democracy in Germany and get things like Kaiser Wilhelm and Adolf Hitler absolute power in these countries. So they are trying constantly to get us to surrender our democracy. And they will do anything it takes. They have no care for human life at all. And they will do anything to stay in power. And the Federation humans are very interested as well. So this to me is, is the scenario that's much more truthful than the mainstream narrative. The mainstream narrative of are we alone? You know, maybe there's some things we don't know about to me is such crap. Like this is more accurate. We're in the middle of a universe, perhaps a multiverse full of life. And we're not the first intelligent species to evolve and uh, we are in the middle of something much bigger than us already and each of us has an important part to play each of us that decides to go human instead of reptilian makes a big difference each of us deciding to act on love joy service connection to others equality each of us aiming for a star trek future makes a big difference if you love Star Wars or Star Trek, this is a must-read book because the movie Star Wars and Star Trek are both based on insiders having information about this and putting it out in a way that resonates to humans that have forgotten the bigger picture. But when they see it on a screen, even if it's in a fictional setting, I remember the first time I saw, saw Star Wars, it felt... It felt way different watching Star Wars than hearing all the BS they fed me in school. When I watched Star Wars, I'm like, now that, that I know about, that has massive feeling to it. Whereas all these lies, we've, our entire society has been set up. The final question I'll address before we quit this recording is, well, Jerry, why don't the reptilians just present themselves openly and rule this planet? or offer people a choice to serve them or serve the humans. Now, you can kind of see immediately when I ask that question, like, why do they keep their presence secret? They keep their presence secret because how would you react if you realize people like perhaps the Queen of England are answering to them, like the British Royal Empire was their Royal Empire? How would you react when the news agencies the government agencies that you've been believing are there for you have been helping build their space fleet. That 
all kinds of hit things, advanced technology, medical technology that could have saved your loved one's life has been intentionally hidden from you so that they can use it and that they can have control of the population. You can see why they keep themselves secret because you wouldn't react too well to their presence. You would fight them. Most humans would actively fight these reptilians if they made their presence obvious to us. In uh, many scriptures, they are referred to as demons and the devil. They're the little men in earth. So they must keep their secret, their presence secret because the humans on this planet would fight them. So they rule through secrecy because if you don't know about them, if you're not aware of what they're doing, you're often pretty powerless to do anything against them. And therefore, all these lies, starting from school, I have to give my kids uh, adjustments to their history lessons all the time. Like, and the first man on the moon, I'm like, that's probably not true. Neil Armstrong was probably not the first man on the moon. Some German guy was probably the first man on the, the first modern man that was on the moon. Some German guy, but your whole reality has been constructed in a fantasy that has been set up by them to serve their interests. And uh, you're like, okay, well, if they really are that powerful, why are you able to blab your mouth about them? Why are people able to write books about them? Well, the the human, the Galactic Federation of, for uh, that is here to support our enlightenment that wants us to join with the other humans and to be like a Star Trek future, they are having an influence on this planet too. So a lot of the advanced spiritual literature that has come out, like Jesus's message was from the Galactic Federation. And that was kind of the true Christian message, which then they adapted it through the church to serve their interests. But the original message was from the Federation. Right now, the Federation is doing a good job in our current system where people are allowed to share elements of the truth. Years ago, maybe 20, 30 years ago, if you tried to put information out like this, you often would get taken out, assassinated. John F. Kennedy was trying to tell us about this and they, you can see what happened to him. And people who are talking about equality and love among humans have often also met with bad ends. People like Martin Luther King, they, they are behind so many things in this society. And yet the Galactic Federation is here trying to help us also. So the one big advantage we have is that there's a lot of us and there's not very many of them. And really, I have love and understanding for the reptilians. They make this planet interesting. In Lumeria, we had this paradise of just humans and love and spiritual understanding. And for better or worse, the reptilians have made things interesting since then. So I don't look at them as like some hated enemy or, you know, they're awful. I look at them with understanding and love and advanced spiritual consciousness. Like, you know what? It's the bad guys in the story that make 
for something interesting. Like there's no Harry Potter without Lord Voldemort. There's no Star Wars without the Empire. And on Earth, they are the Empire. And those of us that are aware of this, or those of us who refuse to submit to the reptilian brain of fear, anger, and hatred, and separation, and loneliness, which I've been there. I've spent years of my life in the reptilian brain as my primary brain. Those of us that are not, that are that have been there and come out and are helping others, I very much look at myself as part of the rebellion. And uh, the story, we're writing the story in real time. So I love this book. This is a great book, which is why I've set out to give you the what I liked best about the book out here for free on Twitch, YouTube, and on my podcast. And on Twitch, we're going to review another book and maybe do some games after this. If you're on YouTube or my podcast, we'd love to see you live one day on Jerry Banfield Twitch, where you can get everything earlier than it comes out on YouTube and on the podcast, where you can ask questions, where you can make suggestions for more books to me to read. The Twitch is the core of, of the Jerry Banfield community online. So thank you to each of you here live. And YouTube and the podcast are great places if you're busy and you can't make the live streams to just stay caught up with what you're stay caught up with all things Jerry Banfield. So thanks for being a part of the rebellion. Thanks for taking the red pill. If you're in the matrix, I told some family members about this book while I was reading it and they're like, wow, what kind of a novel is this? Is That's an amazing novel. I'm like, no, it's not a novel. This is a more accurate description of what's really happening behind the scenes on this planet than any of that crap we were taught in school. So, this is this is non-fiction according to the author and according to me. And uh, yes, I realize there may be things in this that are inaccurate, that conflict with other books. To me, the core of the truth is there's some kind of advanced human, there's some kind of advanced human-like beings that are from other places that are working behind the scenes here. I've heard that core message a ton of different ways. There's something going on behind the scenes that we ought to know about. And the more open and honest and transparent each of us gets individually, we're prepared to receive that knowledge externally.